Chelsea knocked on the door. And obviously, it's, that's an opportunity you don't want to turn down. This is Bradley Simmons. And then you have to decide to stop playing football. Jeremy at 20 years of age. From being a former Premiership footballer playing at Chelsea Football Club to now training some of the biggest stars in the world from One Direction to the Spice Girls to professional Premiership players, this guy is top of the game and he's even working with the likes of GQ and Men's Health. John Terry was the client that really was the catalyst to big, big things. At such a young age, Bradley quickly realised that he had to be business-minded and focused if he wanted to be successful in this industry. On today's episode, we uncover everything he learned and how he's got to where he is now. I'll keep myself out there and I'll start knocking on doors around that Belgravia and Knightsbridge area. That's where you can start charging 200 quid an hour. Bradley has a unique philosophy when it comes to getting fit and creating a healthy lifestyle. Today, he's going to give you his secret formula, so stay tuned. I want my clients to turn into machines. I want them to be athletes. I want them to eat like an athlete, sleep like one and train like one. My name's Scott Thomas and this is another episode of Learning As I Go. This is a special moment for me. Yes. Because the fact that Scotty Special, an ex-party boy, is now rubbing like shoulders with people I've admired and looked up to, especially in the fitness world. Yeah. But thank you for being here. One Mate, your, pleasure. One of your second times in Manchester? Yeah, I've been a few times when I was younger. I've come up to Manchester a few times. I'm a Spurs fan, so I've been up to Old Trafford a few times, which has been a good experience. But yeah, no, I don't really know Manchester. I'm a London boy, born and bred. Uh, love London. Uh, London's definitely home, but... So let's... Wait, let's talk about that, man, because yeah. I'm going to go straight in here. So you said you're a Spurs fan. I'm a Spurs fan. But you played for Chelsea as a young lad. Yes, yeah, because I was obviously born and raised in West London. My dad grew up in North London, so he right. was Spurs. Um, and closer to West London was the Chelsea, QPR, Brentford. And as you get scouted, Chelsea knocked on the door. And obviously, it's, that's an opportunity you don't want to turn down. So, yeah, from the young age, at the age of seven, I was playing for Chelsea Academy. Wow. Yeah, so as a young kid, uh, my brother was at Chelsea Academy as well. So, obviously, my brother, my dad knew the coaches, knew the staff, knew the club very well. So, it was just a nice transition for me as a seven-year-old to go into playing for Chelsea. What, what a childhood I had. Wow, that's incredible, man. Yeah. I mean, that would be most young guys dream, yeah. right? So you played for Chelsea from the age of seven till when? Uh, the age of 16. What? Yeah, and then I look, they told me I was too small. No way. Yeah. A bit like Messi. Bit like, but, uh, well, to be fair, I was a centre-back. <laughs> you love this story, don't you? No, no, I was a centre-back. I was a centre-back. Oh, and wow. they said, look, I was too small to be centre-back. Not technical enough to be a centre-mid. So that's why I went on to QPR. So a club that was slightly lower than Chelsea, right. but still a great club. Um, and I learned a lot in my time at QPR. But yeah, no, I had a great childhood. Think about it. Sunday, you're playing Arsenal. The next Sunday, you're playing against West Ham. You're playing against the best clubs, the best lads in, in, in London. And then you get to go to two of these incredible tournaments where you're playing Liverpool, Man United. You're then going to Italy, France. You're playing against Barcelona, Benfica. Wow. You're playing against Real Madrid. As a young kid, it was insane. And obviously now you've carved out a massive name for yourself in the fitness industry, yeah. right? Obviously training some of the biggest stars from One Direction to the Spice Girls yeah. um, to professional footballers. Yeah. And you are now a very kind of, you're an inspiration to a lot of people in the wellness industry. Where did that kind of self-discipline come from? Do you think it came back from the football? Of course, side? I think it comes from a very young age. Right. Playing for Chelsea at a young age, you have to be disciplined. You want to you want to make sure you get another contract year after year, and what that's what is required is commitment, discipline, dedication, even from the age of seven. Wow! So I would say to my clients or my friends, family, teach your kids young, get them into sports as quickly as you can because it does teach you resilience. Also, failure as well. From a young age, you understand failure. You mm. pick yourself up and you go again. There's a lot mm. of people in this world I say are soft because they haven't experienced failure. Oh, do you know what? So when they do experience it, they don't know what to do with themselves. Oh, do you know what, Bradley? It's mad you say that because sometimes I think I'm a bit soft. Okay. Like, and, and it's not... And it's not because I don't believe in myself that I'll, I'll go again and I will yeah. go again, but I think it's because of the world that we live in right now. Mm -hmm. We are all a bit like smothered and sheltered and yeah. everything else. And I'm constantly torn between 
hustle culture, yeah? Yeah. Of like, drive, 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 achieve this. this. And then yeah. also the other side of like, wellness, look after yourself. Yeah. It's not worth losing yeah, yeah, yourself yeah. in the moment and stuff. Like, 100%. do you believe in that? Yeah, 100%. And look, I'm an online coach. So what I say to my clients who are CEOs, who are lawyers and stuff, it's like, prioritize yourself first thing in the morning. That's your time. Mm. Get that out of the way. Your workout, your ice bath, your ice, ice shower. Get that out of the way. And then you can do the hustle and bustle. Because mm. if you wake up and go straight into the hustle and bustle, you are going to hit a brick wall. Mm. So prioritize yourself in the first thing in the morning. That's your time to just to just breathe, get mm. your workout done. That releases the dopamine into your brain. And then you go, okay, cool. Now it's time to make some money or time to enhance my career. Mm. It's funny, like when you talk about those um, failures, then you had a big smile on your face. Like it's almost like you can probably, I bet there's some moments in your life as a youngster yeah. where you remember like there's some of the big knockbacks and blows. Like big what time. were the big blows for you as a young kid? Well, look, you want to be a professional footballer. When you get released from Chelsea from a young age, it hurts. Mm. Um, and, and, and I look back and go, oh, I'm thankful for that, for that period now. And then you go to QPR, you receive really tough injuries and then you have to decide to stop playing football. Do you know what I mean? At 20 years of age. Because Ooh, your whole not, life's been that. Well, not because I wasn't going to be a footballer. I wasn't going to be a footballer in the Premier League level, the highest level. And I understood that. I was realistic with myself. I didn't fancy playing the low leagues because I'm money driven. Mm. I was like, that's not going to make my life enjoyable. Mm. Um, you see a lot of players in the lower leagues thinking they're ballers and they're not. Mm. And you can see they're, they're struggling financially as well. Mm. So for me, maybe because of my brother's um, mistakes, I learned from him as well. So he was always a role model for me. So I got to see what he had to suffer with. Mm. And I just decided to go, Joe, you know I'm going to go down a different route. Still played my football on the side, but I thought, no, I'm going to go down a different route. And for me, because I experienced being injured so much, I had to learn about nutrition, I had to learn about body. So it was an easier transition to go into the personal training coaching space. Mm. But you seem really like calm and composed when you talk about this now. But at the time, yeah. how low was it? Because your whole life had been defined yeah. by football. Your brothers were footballers. Like you came from that kind of family. Yeah. Like you were defined. A lot of people yeah. are defined by football. How low was it at that point? Very low, mate. Very low to the point where it's like, what am I going to do with myself? Because mm. you don't know any different. Mm. Especially when growing up, you're the lad that plays with Chelsea in the area. So you're the one that's going to make it. So a lot of people rely on you to be, yeah, that's my mate, he's going to make oh, it. Wow, so you've pressure. got that pressure as well, you know. Mm. But to be honest with you, mate, I've been, I've been very fortunate. I've had a lot of support around me. And I'm quite level-headed as well to the point where I believe I can do anything I put my mind to. I'm very uh, optimistic. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, I've always been able to bounce back. So I've had the little moments where it's been a struggle, but you just got to keep going. You have to keep going. Yeah. Do you know what? That's shining through from Bradley. Like straight away in the thing, like one thing... I'm not really got from like your socials as much, yeah. but when you're in there, you're very like self-assured. Like, and I think a lot of the most successful people I especially had on this podcast, yeah. they have mad self-belief. Yeah. Do you feel like anything is possible? 100%. Like if you have a vision, you great, brilliant. You have to manifest that stuff, mm. but then you have to have a plan. You have to people around you. And that's something I've had to learn in the last four or five years. Mm. I tried to do everything myself, mm. but now I've had, I understood like something you've got a great team here. Mm. You can't do it yourself. Mm. So for me, it's all about, have a vision, set yourself a plan, and then take action. Mm. There's a lot of people who just have a vision and take action without that plan. And that's yeah. something I've had to learn big time. Shit, I need a plan. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's one yeah. thing I, I struggle with. Like, I'm, I live like kind of day to day, and I, I'm, I'm, sometimes I think I'm busy, mm. but I can be a bit of a, a busy fool. Whereas with you, it seems like you're kind of super clear on what it is you wanted to achieve even back then when you basically, because obviously yeah. you lost the opportunity to be a footballer. Mm -hmm. That must have been so difficult mm -hmm. for you. How did you then kind of switch to go into the fitness world? Well, it was just a case of, I remember Googling, like, because obviously I wasn't sure to become a personal trainer or a football coach. And I did get my UFAB qualification as well as my personal training qualification. I was still like, what do I do? But I simply just Googled who earns more money. Really? <laughs> and, it's, and in London especially, um, you can earn up to 200 to 300 grand a year just personal training alone if you've got the right clientele. And obviously I was born and raised in West London, so I was very close, not far from the Knightsbridge, the Belgraviers and stuff. So I thought at the age of 20, if I just learn my trades, which was just a virgin active for six months, and I understand what type of personal trainer I want to be, and I've got a bit of experience, I'll kick myself out there and I'll start knocking on doors around that Bell Graveyard, Knightsbridge area. And that's where you can start charging 200 quid an hour. Do you know what I love about you, brother? You're not beating around the bush, like you said, I'm just money driven. There's not many people that just come in and, and say that. Like, yeah. Because it's all, like we hear all the time, it's yeah. about do what you love and follow your passion, the money will come yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. Have you just like, have you always been money motivated? Yeah, money motivated in the right ways, not because I want materialistic stuff, mm. not because I want to drive a G-Wagon and have every relic you can think of. It's because the lifestyle I want to live for my future mm. family, support my family and my friends. I'm all about experiences and bringing people part of that experience. And for that to happen, you have to earn good money in today's world. Yeah, money brings you freedom, doesn't it? It brings you freedom. Not, all, not happiness, but freedom. Yeah. And if you're around the right people, 
that freedom is also leads to happiness. Yeah, that's so interesting. Do you know what I mean? So go on, talk to me about your, your first step into the fitness world. Like you t- even then you talked about going knocking on doors and whatever else. Like how yeah. did you how did well, you the, how it started? So basically I was training at a Virgin Active, uh, some clients. I thought, Joe, you know what? I saw Joe Wicks at the time doing all his 15-second clips. I was like, brilliant. I'm not gonna copy that, I've got to do my own thing. And I was training a beautiful guy at the time, and I said, Joe, well, I'm gonna be PT, I'm gonna showcase what I do in the gym, plus I'm gonna showcase what she does in the gym. So it's not just about me, I'm also showcasing what I can do with my clientele. Mm. And then just message every Made in Chelsea guy you could think of, because at the time, Made in Chelsea was booming. And I, train, I did message other celebrities as well. But one Made in Chelsea girl got back to me, she started training with me. I literally just said to her, I'm gonna train you for free. In return, you're gonna post me, you're gonna give me exposure. Young lad, 20 years of age. Following group, the next minute I was training about five or six of them. And that was the time when Lucy Watson's and stuff, that's what everyone was watching Made in Chelsea. Who was the Made in Chelsea girl? Uh, Sophie Herman. Right, okay. So yeah, she can definitely get mentioned. She's a lovely girl, Sophie. Yeah. So she was the first one to get me going. And then from the b- back of that, you then got John Terry messaging you. You've got Louise Redknapp. You've got Jamie Redknapp ringing you up. Because wasn't the most experienced person, but you put yourself out there. Yeah, yeah, And was I ready? Was I experienced to train these type of clientele? No, not at all. But I knew this was the opportunity. You've got to take it. Yeah. And luckily for me, the, the experience of footballing and obviously the coaches I've worked with, I was confident enough to be able to deliver. Mm. So yeah, so I went from meeting Chelsea girls to then John Terry. And to be fair, John Terry was the client that really was the catalyst to big, mm. big things. So John Terry r- r- rang you up randomly? Well, the thing is, so J- John Terry knew my brother. So this is another connection. Right, okay. Sometimes it's all about who you know. Uh, so my brother obviously was at Chelsea. Uh, JT knew my brother quite well. Saw that I was doing Instagram, training all these many Chelsea girls mm. and 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 other and other young footballers as well. And JT said, "Oh, what's your brother like? Is, is he someone that I, I would enjoy training with?" My brother said, "Yeah, give him a go." Mm. So he followed me. I messaged him as you do, follow up. And JT says, "Hey, come over to my uh, come over to my family home. I want you to train my wife. I want to train myself, and let's see how it goes." That first session delivered, and I've been I've, I was training them four or five years after that. That's interesting, you know, because. Guys especially are quite particular about who who trains them. Of course. Do you know what I mean? Because lads have got egos, right? Yeah. So what makes you a good PT? What was your USP at the time? Are you quite, do you give tough love? Like, I, I, like what makes you special? Yeah, I think with the footballers as well, knowing that I've experienced the footballing lifestyle, mm. you know, and um, they need to be around good energy, not draining energy. Ooh. Not a big friend. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah. So me seeing JT, yes, it was ledge because John Terry was someone I definitely looked up to. But at QPR, I was training with, with the likes of Jerry Barton on a regular basis. Mm. So to me, it wasn't a big deal. Right. So that was the energy they needed. Um, and trust. You have to, they have to be able to trust you. Could you push John Terry? Would you give him Yeah, 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 big time. So when we do boxing sessions and we obviously doing strength stuff, like, yeah, big time. And he likes to be pushed as well. So I trained John Terry, obviously... We'd come home because there was a stage where he wasn't starting and he should have been starting. Mm. So he needed that extra fitness sessions. Mm. So I was in there. And John Terry actually wanted me to start working at Chelsea. And I think it was Mourinho at the time said, no, no, no. Just to be that PT, just to go, Diego Costa, do you fancy a quick boxing session? Just to keep the morale up. Mm. Because when you are injured, and I've experienced being injured, mm. it is horrible. Yeah. Because I was a youngster at QPR. There was a few lads that weren't better than me at all, but they're training in the first team. They're getting a chance in Carlin Cup. Wow. And I'm there on the bike just recovering from my ACL thinking, okay, this is horrible. And what, Mourinho didn't want that to happen? No, unfortunately he didn't want that to happen. I was training, I did a 12-week transformation with Brendan Rodgers and he wanted me to work at Celtic on the side, but going from London to Scotland was, was going to be a trek. And to be fair, and that was then I was like, do you know what, I, I can really smash the online stuff. As much mm. as I love doing one-on-one and I'm training all these amazing people, online coaching is and, and having your own app is mm. where the money's at. So it sounds like, first of all, like relatability with these yeah. people is, yeah. is a big factor. Yeah, massively. So you, so you went into a sector where you could relate to people. They don't necessarily want the most highly qualified person. They yeah. just want good energy. Like we all do as humans, we want good energy. Oh, I always say that to my team at the social PR yeah. as well. I said, it's not necessarily about, if, if the client knows that you are giving it your all yeah. and you're communicating and you've got the back. And you can deliver. And you can deliver. That's amazing. Yeah. But sometimes it's not about being the most experienced no. or even the best at what you do. It's just basically. Look, some in, in my industry, there's some very high qualified coaches who speak a different language. Mm. So if, you, if, you, if you're with a PT and he's talking all these scientific facts and all these mm. scientific words, you're going to go out there going, what the hell? Like, like when I speak to my accountant sometimes, what is he talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going out there like, wait, just keep it relatable, keep it simple. They can understand what you're mm. saying. Do you understand? Mm. And that's what I've always done. I've, my approach has always been keep it simple, but I'll push you. So the mm. no nonsense approach. Yeah, I love that. Because it's yeah. like if someone comes to apply for a job with me now, there's no way I'm looking at 
their degrees yeah, and nah, all. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I'm looking at the experience that they've had experience. and how they carried themselves, yeah. how driven they are. Yeah, of course. Um, so I think that's really interesting. But like, in terms, just talk to me about you, like your style of training though. Like what, what makes you tick? How do you train? Well, when I was younger, it was because I came from the, the footballing background. So it was all high intensity. I loved high intensity. Mm. And high intensity was a trend for a long time. Mm. So that's what people wanted. Obviously, as I got older and I educate myself, I understand it's so important to do strength training. So for me, 70% of my training is strength focused mm. with that 30% high intensity focus. So I'm still going to push you. I want my clients to turn into machines. I want them to be athletes. I want them to eat like an athlete, sleep like one and train like one. Mm. Um, but also that recovery as well. Mm. So you've got people, for example, that could go to Barry's Bootcamp five times a week. They're, they're battering their body, for example. So my approach is, no, no, let's just bring it back. we got to be smart with our training for mm. the longevity of we need to get results. Not in four, five, six weeks, in four, six months, but everything you've learned that four to six months, you can now maintain and sustain. Yeah. So that's just my mature approach. But when I was younger, it was probably different. Oh as you God. know, we grow as PTs. We grow as people. Yeah, it's so funny you say that. I literally, because at the minute I'm trying to change my messaging when it comes to my content and stuff. You've got to entertain a little bit. Like me and mm. um, Harvey filmed some content in the gym yesterday yeah. and saying, this is how, this is what I thought wellness used to look like, yeah. which was like high, high intensity, intensity, treadmill, yeah. lifting the biggest weights you can, burp, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. When actual fact now, wellness for me means like a nice steady um, strength yeah. training session, a nice 45 minute dog walk, playing yeah. paddle tennis. The, the key like, is consistency. Exactly. Where yeah. it used to be like three yeah, months, yeah, yeah. tunnel vision, yeah. not going out, not yeah. drinking, not eating this, not doing that. And it's just not sustainable. You end up exploding. You end, you end up yo-yoing. Yeah. If you're too extreme, like with fad diets, as we've seen, you start yo-yoing. Your weight goes up and down. If you if you if you do like a six week really strict, you're likely then to do six weeks of boozing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you understand? Yeah. So for me, it's about that balance. Where look, yeah, Monday to Saturday, I'm gonna train hard. I'm gonna be consistent with my nutrition. Saturday night, me and the boys have a few Guinnesses. Mm. We have a laugh. Uh, I can eat what I want at the pub. Fine, go back Monday to Friday, back again onto my like healthy, sustainable uh, routine. Yeah, do you know what's mad though? Because I just asked you then before what yeah. you had for breakfast. Then obviously you're in great shape. I yeah. see your videos every morning. You're yeah. in the ice bath. You're, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're in shape all year round. But like. What do you actually eat in a day? Like, what does your diet consist of? Yeah, to be fair, it's, I focus on high protein. That's the most important macronutrient yeah. for you to, for your, to change your body composition. If you want to drop body fat percentage, have a low body fat percentage, but have high muscle masses, protein is the most important macronutrient. High fibers, high fats. I do stay away from highly processed food. Don't get me wrong, every now and then I like chocolate. I am a sweet tooth. But in the morning, eggs. Eggs for me are the most, it's one of the best proteins you can consume. I even try and get my vegan clients, I try and persuade them to get eggs at least. Because they're a multivitamin. They're not just protein. Let's talk about the multivitamins in an egg. Mm. That's really important. For lunch, keep it simple. It'll be chicken, fish, prawns, steak, vegetables. I, I get a lot of my carbohydrates from vegetables and fruits. Mm. Recently, I, I was I worked with Lingo, and I, I loved working with Lingo, and I experimented on myself, how my glucose levels went up and down. And me having protein porridge in the morning, me having pasta at lunch, me having rice in a dinner or sweet potato, or too much of it, or a bowl of cereal as a snack, my glucose levels were all over the place. Mm. And those times where I need to be sharp, I was like, fucking, I'm really struggling here. Mm. So now I'm just focused on high fats, high proteins, a little bit of carbohydrates. I still enjoy my sweet potato and stuff. And it's working absolutely wonders for me. So do you think like whole like um, processed foods, they kind of they spike your energy levels? Yeah, just highly processed food because you just don't know what's in it, mate. Mm. <laughs> yeah. If you read the label, it's full of rubbish. And foods that are high in sugar and stuff, they're definitely going to spike your sugar levels. Mm. And caffeine as well. Like for me, I try and stick to one coffee a day now. Mm. But I used to drink three or four mm. just because I thought I needed the coffee to for me to stay focused. Mm. And some people do, don't get me wrong. Everyone's individual. But for me, I was crashing after that coffee after 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ, I need another coffee. Now it's just one coffee a day. Stick to staying well hydrated. And that works better for me. The reason why I ask is because the defining moment in my wellness journey yeah. is when I learned that I could eat what I wanted. Yeah. You know, just having the right calories for me. Yeah. Keeping my protein high. Yeah. And it blew my mind. Because yeah. all my life, I thought I had to be on a juicing diet. Yeah, yeah. Brown rice, dry chicken, yeah. broccoli. like all, And when I got in the best shape of my life by eating what I wanted, yeah. bread, chocolate, like chips. Yeah, I was yeah. like, what? The, and it's so scary that the majority of the population yeah. don't understand that. They what don't do you, understand it. It's mad. What do you think is the biggest problem when it comes to like the fitness industry? Um, the fitness industry is, well, right now, I think... Well, especially on Instagram, it's battering each other to try and grow. 
that's not my style. Mm. You see people creating content and battering each other. I'm like, that's not my style. Controversy. Yeah, controversy. Because let's be honest, if you want to grow on social media, you have to be controversial. You do. We just said this the other day. Like the only way yeah. to grow now is being controversial. Yeah. Which is fine, but don't bring other people in it. So that for me, my style. Yeah. I can be controversial. I can talk about a topic, but I'm not going to start naming or name dropping or battering people. But unfortunately, a lot of people in this world have got they're, they're, they're negative. They're negative. They're not mm. happy. So mm. when they see other people being mugged off, they enjoy it. Yeah, which is yeah. sad. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, but uh, but like, look, the fitness industry is, is always growing. People are learning. The trend's always changing. Goes from hit training to now strength training. Mm. Goes from intermittent fasting to just, no, just stick to a carnivore diet. That mm. is crazy. Mm. Uh, and it can be confusing for a lot of people. So what I try and do is just try and simplify it. Mm. And, and it's so simple it's not rocket science to get in good shape and maintain you know what? it yeah, it's not it. but it just takes probably a bit longer than people expect it it takes and you need to change your lifestyle for me it's your environment if you change your environment you're, you're onto a winner straight away and what I mean by environment surround yourself with those who are looking after themselves who are gymming mm. yeah who are hiking on the weekends rather than going and get smashed, you know, mm. who are changing up their lifestyles. If you're staying in that same circle, which is fine, I've still got my mates who like to go to the pub four or five times a week, but I dip in and say hello. I don't surround myself with that. Yeah. And I don't care what they say because I'm the only one, I'm the only one that's growing. Oh, I like it. Do you it. understand? So I you like have to it. have that mentality. And there's a lot of people out there that follow need the that. crowds, follow the crowds. Follow the crowd. Yeah, I think that, that was the biggest like moment for me. I remember back in the day, like, because you used to be a yeah, yeah. So I was like, um, I promoted for like 10 years and I was just defined by being yeah. a party animal. And I just remember this one time when I went sober for the first time and we're all in a restaurant with all the boys and then uh, everybody was going to go to the bar afterwards and I was like full of anxiety going, should I go, should I not go, should I not go? Yeah. And then I got in the car and I just had that moment went, shit, that's amazing. Like the feeling, because I was breaking away from the crowd. Yeah. It was almost like I was metaphorically driving away from the yeah. crowd. There's so much strength in that. And like yeah. you said, you start to attract people like, this is a big moment for me. Like, mm. like going from being that person, yeah. you wouldn't have come on my podcast like I yeah, mean, five no, years ago. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you got, you got to look after your credibility. Of course, yeah. And I've seen your growth recently and I'm like, I've been really impressed. Yeah, that's what it is. Growth. I'm addicted to growth. Yeah. Maybe a little bit too addicted. Yeah. But at the same time is, I've created a lifestyle for me now where... I'm first of all really proud of it and it's yeah. also sustainable but don't get me wrong it's not always perfect like I'm a bit fluffy no. now mate like you know after the yeah. Christmas period and January's been a slow yeah, start for yeah, me yeah of course but that's fine that's that's life that's fine but as long as you get back into the, the good habits you're going to get back to where you want to be yeah but like for you mate like obviously coming from the live Love Island yeah 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 down, that's, that's quite tough and look I've been on Ask on Love Island every year for the last bet 10 you have. years yeah, yeah. and other, other dating shows um, and I've always said no I wonder why <laughs> I've always said no um, yeah. I just I thought, Joe, what? Uh, I'll probably get myself in trouble, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> people will probably see another side to me, which people probably will enjoy. But look, I want to focus on my business and stuff. And I think that would have been a bit of a distraction. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad I haven't done it. But for you, mate, to go from Love Island to where you're going now is good. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a transition. I think even more so from Love Island. It's more just like... Before that, like in Manchester, my, my reputation and my yeah. identity was just like... Party animal. Yeah, party animal, like lunatic... And yeah, I'm really proud of the, the the journey I've been on. Yeah. But at the same time, is it's like it's becoming second nature to me now. Like my lifestyle is second nature. It's something I'm yeah. living without even thinking about it. So I see you obviously doing your ice baths and you running yeah, around yeah. London with your dog. By the way, we need to talk about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Your dog, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's class, isn't he? He's next level trained. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, next level trained. Right, right, wait, wait. His dog, right? You've got to watch his video, yeah. Because <laughs> this is my dream because I've got a Dolby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'd love for my dog. My dog does stay with me if I'm off like track, yeah. yeah? Like if I'm a park, but yeah. I would never run around the streets of London. Like your yeah, dog stays mate. with you. Yeah, he's mad. But do you know what? I rescued my dog from St. Lucia. No way. So I went to St. Lucia on holiday. He was five weeks as a pup. Yeah, right? uh, He's just a Mongol. So those dogs are smart. Yeah. They've had to be for like hundreds of years. They need to be streetwise, right? Yeah. So they're very intelligent dogs. They're very easy dogs to train compared to like a French bulldog, for no example. Way. Uh, so when I flew him back to the UK, just, we just started training straight away. And I used to watch Dog Whisperer when I was younger. So I was quite, not hard on him, but I was tough on him. And you've got to be the alpha male with a dog, right? Mm -hmm. uh, my ex at the time, he always used to complain. But the point now, look, he runs by my side. He's next level, guys. Central London. <laughs> People look at me like, is he sure he's running with this dog in Central London? <laughs> but he'll stop, he'll start. No way. Um, until he sees a cat or a fox, of course. But, <laughs> um, but now he's a good boy. He's well-trained. And uh, yeah, he gets, it's always quite funny. We're running in the park and he'll go, oh, it's Roots rather than it's Bradley. Like people love him. It's funny. So wait a second. What were you doing in St. Lucia? How did you get the dog home? Yeah, so I was just there on a, um, a nice holiday, a place called the Body Holiday, which is class. Um, and then me and my friends went out for dinner. 
And we was driving to a really nice restaurant and this little puppy ran across the road. We nearly, we nearly ran roots over. And he ran into the bush and I literally just picked him out of the bush. I was like, and he just started wiggling his tail. And when he did that, I was like, oh my God. So me and the girlfriend at the time took him back to our apartment, cleaned him up, took him to the vets. I said, look, how can I get this dog back to London? And she said, we need to do this, this and this. I said, can I just give you, can I just give you a brown envelope? Can you do that for me, please? Because I want to enjoy my holiday. So thankfully she did everything. No way. Um, got him on the flight back to the UK when he was 12 weeks. He had to have his rabies jabs, et cetera. And then, yeah, he's been he's been my best mate since. Wait a second. How did you just decide, though, and then that you're having this dog? Was it like... I've always wanted a dog, but my mum never allowed us to have dogs as a kid. And right. it's a regret. She says it's a regret, but she said she already had four animals. You know what I mean? Yeah. She already had four kids. She wow. didn't want a dog. And I've always wanted a dog. Um, so when I first moved into my first property, I was like, yeah, I'm getting myself a dog now. Fuck it. I've got the lifestyle. As a freelancer, I get to do what I want. Mm. And Roots comes everywhere with me. Mm. I could have brought him here today, Mate, uh, but I left him in London. The, so basically, it sounds like you're really good at disciplining, like passing on the discipline that you have, not only to like <laughs> yeah. your, your clients, yeah. but to your dog as yeah, well. Yeah. So every time I get ready to come to the Learners I Go studio, I always find it a little bit of a challenge on what to wear because I want to look sharp for my guests. And today, I've got Bradley Simmons coming in. So I want to look extra sharp. So I've decided to style myself today wearing super dry and I'm keeping the turtleneck season going strong with this beautiful knitwear jumper. Super dry actually want to be one of the premium, want to be the number one premium sustainable brand. And they are putting so much effort into the quality of their products. And these jeans, these dark denim jeans, are such good quality and also the long, right? I've got long giraffe legs. So if you're listening to this or watching this right now and you're kind of tall, super dry deliver, which is rare these days. And I've also got a coat and I just feel confident today. I feel like I'm going to be able to compete with Bradley Simmons. This is my outfit today. If you want to check it out, I think it's part of the merchant selection over at super dry's website. I'll put the details on one of the social clips. But yeah, today I'm feeling good. Thank you, super dry. Talk to me about some of the pinch me moments you've got because you've trained some big names in the yeah, industry, right? Mate. Big, yeah, big names. And so, and it goes so quick. So I've learned now to really just, just take it in. Go on, name some of the names that you've trained or so. Um, so look, footballing wise, Declan Rice when he was a youngster. Wow. So Declan Rice came to me when he was a youngster just, and, and he lived not far from me. So we used to do a lot of stuff in the pre-pre-season. Mm -hmm. um, and Declan, his attitude was class. I always knew he was, he was going to make it. And then when it comes to celebrity-wise, you've got the Maya Gemmas, who wow. I helped to get front cover women's health. You've got Louise Redknapp, obviously Caroline Flack, yeah. obviously, bless her. And then you've got Nal Haran, One Direction, Emma Bunton, I'll train for a bit, Crazy. Spice Girls. And then there's clients that I'm not allowed to say through NDAs and stuff. Yeah. And, like, and I've trained some multi-billionaires who flow me around the world, which no have been way. an experience. So from a young age, at 20 years of age, I've been to Monaco, I've been to Barbados. I've been in incredible houses. So I've always gone, wow, this is a lifestyle I want. So from 20 years of age, you're like, well, the only way I'm going to get this is if I work my bloody nuts off mm. and I stay disciplined. Mm. And also as a young PT, the stereotype, you're going to be a bit of the jack the lad. But the best advice someone, was, someone said to me, a good PT, he said to me, one thing, never, ever sleep with your clients. <laughs> really? <laughs> and from that day, I said, yeah, you're right, because your reputation. Yeah. If I want to train Victoria Beckham one day. Yeah, yeah. But David hears I'm a bit of a Jack the Lad. There's no chance he's going to allow me to train his missus, right? And so that I've always had that trust. So I've been able to train Louise Redknapp. I've been able to train Tony Terry. I've been able to train Emma Bunton because you've got that trust. <laughs> Imagine Do you know what I mean? bringing Bradley to train your missus. Yeah. I'll be like, sorry, no, no chance, mate. Yeah. yeah but I love it. that. It, yeah. makes, it makes sense though, because you would get a reputation Of course you do. Yeah, yeah. So but, that's that's that, yeah. But, but for an upcoming PT, right? Yeah. And I've got like, some of my coaches at Food for Thoughts, like at the start of their careers, like you've had the dream career, like yeah. in terms of like working with these high net worth yeah. individuals, these celebrities yeah. and everything else. Like how have you like stayed grounded in those situations? Because to be fair, they're all good people. Yeah. They're, they're all good people. Like the people you find, I think, fucking hell, they're a bit of a muppet are the people yeah. that aren't actually haven't really made it. They're pretenders. Right. So the people who have actually made it, like when you're around the likes of like, you talk to like Alexa Frank Lampard, for example, what a guy. Mm. Or David Gandhi, who mm. I recently had on my podcast. And I'm thinking, if he can be humble, mm. I've met David Beckham a few times, if they can be humble, I've got no right to be cocky or confident. Yeah. So stay in your lane and mm. just focus on the journey ahead. Yeah. And I think people respect you as well when you're like that. Yeah. And to be fair, I've got family. So whenever, when I, when I was a bit of a cocky lad when I was younger, you always got my sister and my brothers to go, hey, pipe down. 
Yeah, you're only getting started, and that's important. Support that support is good. Yeah, it sounds like you come from a really strong family. Yeah, yeah, similar to yourself, mate. Yeah, you see, yeah. you got two, you got two brothers. Yeah, two older brothers and older sister. Yeah, my sister works for me full time. She's my PA. She's a, she does a lot. She's she's the graph behind the scenes for sure. Yeah. And then yeah, my, my older two brothers who I've always looked up to. Yeah, amazing. And then talk to me a little bit about Caroline Flat because obviously I knew Caroline yeah. as well. Yeah, you knew Caroline, of course. Um, yeah, beautiful, beautiful yeah. lady. And I know that you obviously had a really tight relationship with yeah, her. Yeah, really tight. So I was trained for Caroline Force five times a week. Yeah, um, we had a right laugh, and she 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 introduced me to the party scene. To be fair, yeah, and she was introduced me to all these other celebrities and stuff. So I, that was the first time I got to see this celebrity world, like the after Brits parties and all that sort of stuff. I was like, fuck, you know, this is mental. <laughs> um, so me and Caroline had a, such a good relationship. We were like proper pals. Uh, I was in like almost like a counselor in a way, as you are as a PT. Um, You're taking a lot of people's problems as a do, PT. Do wow, yeah. divorces, breakups. Yeah. People made redundant. Going, yeah, it's it's mad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and as a young lad, you think, God, Jesus Christ, this is mental. But yeah, no, Caroline, she was a star. She, when people say who's your favorite ever client, it's definitely Caroline. Really? For sure, yeah. Why is that though? Just her energy, mate. She'd come in, and obviously you get clients come in and like, oh, let's just get this session done. That she was just a giggle. Really? And I used to say, hey, hey we, this ain't a playground. We have to train. <laughs> we have to work out. And to be fair, she got herself in great shape for Love Island. And that really boosted my career as well. So she did help me as well, really grow. Amazing, man. And when when you're training someone then, when someone walks through that door, like you said with Caroline then, yeah. like she got an amazing result. She enjoyed the process. Yeah. Like what are the key qualities that you think make a successful client? Someone who identifies where they're going wrong. Someone who just completely swallows their ego and goes, yes, this I need help. And I know I need help. And I, you're the person to do it. I'm going to listen to you. Do you know what I mean? And that's really important. Mm. Yeah, that, that's really key. And someone who's like, who's ready to, to give it their best shot. I bet you train so many people to come in and think, oh, they, know, think they know better than you. Bro, I've trained some <laughs> nightmare people. I've trained mod models that are the worst to train. Why? Oh, because they come 20 minutes late and want to leave 20 minutes early because they just want the photo. They just want the Instagram. Ah! You know what I mean? They just, they just, <laughs> Sounds like me. Yeah. They just, they just want the Instagram. I was like, oh, well, no, no, we need to get you. I'm, I'm a proper PT. Yeah, yes, I do the Instagram as well, but I'm training you for an hour. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want you to get mentally and physically good, you know? So, mm. yeah, I've experienced all sorts of clients, mate. <laughs> yeah, and I think also they, they need to want it. Yeah, you need to want it. Yeah, like, I, I like, need to know they got really want brain. it though. Like, yeah. you can come in, if you don't really know why you're training or yeah. what the end yeah. like, product is, and, yeah. and like, you need to really want it. So, for example, Caroline, it sounds like yeah. Love Island was a big like milestone oh, for yeah, her. Yeah, big time. Yeah, big time. Yeah, that was her baby. You know, mm. that's what she worked hard for, and she absolutely loved it. Um, Did you have any inkling of anything that was going wrong with Caroline at the time, or no? Like, no, not really. All, all I can say is Caroline. She was, she was the best. Man. Yeah, she, her personality. She was. A she joke. was, man. And I think, like, um, I think, in terms of even just sitting that down with you right now. Like what makes you a good PT and, and and trainer is you're so self-assured within yourself. And like you said, you have to take on a lot of people's problems yeah. and almost like compartmentalize that as well. Because mm -hmm. like I know when I go and see my PT, I'm literally just yeah, like, yeah. like unloading yeah, all yeah, yeah. my life stresses yeah. on him and everything yeah. else. And he's, and he's a good PT as well. Like yeah. he kind of takes it in stride, but then yeah. he's got to go to the next one. Like, yeah. so I think one of your biggest strengths seems to be that kind of, Stability within yourself, and 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 also adaption. Oh, because one you you got a politician that's just walked in, and then yeah. you got a reality TV star that walked in. You got to be able to adapt to two different clientele. Right. So one, I'm trying to learn about Labour and Conservative. Yeah. Uh, and then two, I'm talking about the gossip. Mm. So you have to be able to adapt, and that's massively key. And a lot of PTs will struggle just to be able to adapt. And again, it comes to your energy. Mm. So if you can't have an hour conversation of what they're into, mm. then they're not necessarily going to come back to you. Mm. So that's another thing that PTs need to understand. Mm. The adaption, you need to be able to adapt to a different clientele. But I've learned so much. Like I've trained some financial advisors who I get the best advice from. Mm. So there's so many perks from being a personal trainer. Obviously free holidays because mm. they've got amazing yeah. places like in Monaco, for example. Yeah, you use it anytime. You've got that perk. Uh, and when you go on these trips to like Monaco and stuff, I reckon you're probably only training that, that client for one hour in a day, aren't you? Yeah, no, I've got a client. Her name's Sabrina. She's I've been training for years. And to be fair, she, I train her in the morning and in the evening. And then I've got a whole day just to do my own thing, which is nice. And you're still doing that now? Yeah, I still do that on the side, yeah. So talk me through like your like working week now, because obviously you've got your, your your new app launching. Yeah, so the yeah, new uh, app is launching on the 12th of Feb. I'm not sure when this is coming out. but Get, um, get it get done. Get it done. So get it done. Basically, I created Get It Done after the success in lockdown. So in lockdown, obviously, we couldn't train anyone anymore because of the COVID restrictions. So I was like, I need to adapt. So I went 
did live workouts and it was very nerve wracking for PTs out there because it was like, well, he, he, we're now going to know who's got the best engagement. Right. Because when you do a live and you see how many people are doing your live workouts, yeah, yeah. luckily for me, um, I had 7,000 people every morning doing my, my live wow, workouts, which geez. was mental. And then from that, the word of mouth, who's, who are you doing? And Courtney Black at the time was smashing it. Yeah, yeah. So the two was probably me and Courtney Black were the two who were absolutely smashing it mm. in that lockdown period. She, she her numbers were 25, 30,000 a day. Madness. So um, both of our followers grew and grew and grew. So from now, it's like, I need to get these new followers in to become subscribers. So my team, my management at the time is like, we need to get an app. We need to get an app now. And apps take ages, mate. It's not a click of the fingers. Tell me about they're it. They cost a fortune yeah. as well. So luckily, we managed to get a good app out there. Um, but to be fair, that app is, it, it, it's like a dinosaur now. Mm. So I've had to spend a lot of money, spend a lot of time in relaunching the new Get It Done, which is going to be so much better, where I can provide meal plans, workout programs, pre-recorded workouts, which everyone loves me doing, and people going into the gym, but for a good price, $18.99. And then you've got my online coaching, which is around £200 a month. So I'm trying to make sure I've got the clientele, the clientele, they need that person who can afford yeah, yeah, that tailored course. touch. Yeah, yeah. And those that can't afford it, well, this is the second best thing. So what's the first price of it? So the first price is $18.99, right. which is going to be the new price. Yeah. And then if you want my online coaching, personalized is £200 for Yeah, month. yeah. Amazing. Yeah, man. so you're trying to. You're so, trying... so you're. So you. Am I right in thinking that you still train like some like marquee clients like by by day and then like you managing those? Yeah, so I don't well. necessarily train. I don't have many clients at the minute. Not okay. at all because everything. My whole focus is online coaching okay. because it is training, mate. For yeah. example, I called twelve leads yesterday just to make sure they were the right clientele for me because I can't bring everyone on because yeah, yeah. I'd have to clone myself 10 times over. Yeah. So I make sure it's the right clientele for my online coaching nice. before get it done, anyone can join. What's me. your um, kind of sieving out process then when you're on these phones, like when you want to figure out it's the right client for you, what are you looking for? Looking for someone who's um, who, who's just hungry for it, who, who's going to be this, who's not going to be a nightmare. Someone I know is going to be consistent. Ooh. Yeah, so that's key for me because I have clients on the board. The first two, three weeks, they smash it and then they just go quiet. And then they ask for a refund. I'm like, whoa, it's not my fault. So mm. they're the ones, and that's wasting my time. So mm. you, it's really important for me to have the clients on who are, who are ready to give it a go. Mm. And it's quite funny. It's people who know what to do. It's just the accountability they need. And that's the majority of my clientele, which is mad. I think the majority of people know what they need to do. It's just they're missing that accountability. Oh, no, that's what I need. I need support. I know all the yeah. stuff that I need yeah, to yeah, do, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I like someone to be on my case. Yeah. That's how we launched Food for Thoughts because it was like, I had a PT for the gym, but not many PTs are like you. They don't really care about what happens outside the gym. Do you know what I yeah. mean? So it's like, yeah. food is the most important food bit. Food is semi solution. Yeah. So basically we focused heavily on like giving people meal plans, but yeah. then be giving them support around the clock so yeah. that they can, if they're going to a restaurant, they know yeah, what to eat yeah, and everything perfect. else. Yeah. And I think that was the missing link for me. That's yeah. what I mean, great shape. Yeah, 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 of course. It's just interesting, man, because like I'm sat here now with someone who was basically like, you, you've worked with like GQ and stuff and mental yeah, health. Like. Yeah, yeah. So I was the GQ personal trainer for two years, which was class. And what does that involve? So that's involving, I do all the programs and I did all their YouTube series. So it was my training, uh, my philosophy for GQ, which was class. What? And that was the period that, that, that helped me grow my credibility to another level. So mm. then you then start working with boss Mercedes. Mm. That was cool. So that took me down that road because I was only interested in becoming a PT training, the best athletes, the best celebrities, uh, and then bringing out PDF at the time or eventually an app. Yeah, yeah. But then it took me to incredible GQ, Mercedes, all that. And it's, it's, yeah, because you're an class. ambassador for Mercedes now. Yeah? yeah, yeah, which is class. Wow. Yeah, so it's nice. It's nice. It's, it's cool. It's pretty cool. It's cool, mate. Yeah. It's like, this is like yeah. tick box stuff, man. Yeah. This is stuff that I aspire yeah. to do yeah, one day, cool. man. And, and that's probably why I did not go into the Love Island world. Of course, to be, to mate. Be completely honest. You've got to protect you. the yeah, brand. Yeah, you've got to protect the brand, you know. Uh, but it's tough because when you get offered a lot of money to go on two hunts to handle, by the way, or celebs go dating and they throw a lot of money at you, yeah, you're yeah. like, oh, but hang on a minute. That once that's taxed, yeah, 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 is it even worthwhile? Yeah, and it's the power of saying no. It's the power of saying no and looking looking ahead. So I'm glad. Like obviously, those have you've smashed it. And there's a there's there is a percentage of people that like look at Molly May, for example. Yeah, yeah. Who I know, I know Molly. Yeah. She's a class girl who've absolutely smashed it. But there's a higher percentage of those that haven't. You know. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, listen. I think it's the likes of Molly and, and people like that who kind of broke broken down the stigma around Love Island now. And I think what it is with me, like when I did Love mm. Island at first, I didn't really want to talk about it because it's like you want to get you need to get away from it as quick yeah. as possible. But now that I've kind of I feel like I've done that, I can look yeah. back at it like with like fondness. Yeah, hundred you know percent. It's a massive yeah, part, yeah, of course. part of my story yeah. and stuff. So I just wanted to take a little moment before we crack on with the rest of the episode to let you know about something that I am super passionate about. If you followed me over the last few years, you know I've been on 
an incredible journey. I've managed to turn my lifestyle completely around and I've learned so much along the way. I've acquired various different tools. I've learned from so many different amazing people. And I've now managed to create my own wellness brand. I can't even believe it myself. It's called Food for Thoughts, and we are now focusing on four key pillars, nutrition, fitness, mindset, and connection. These are the four pillars that have got me to this point right now. We have just launched our brand new model in January, and it's gone off to a flyer. We've just signed loads of new members, and it's so beautiful to see everybody thriving at the start of this year trying something new, coming out of the comfort zone. And we've got a team of dedicated coaches and an amazing community that are gonna help everybody get to where they need to get to. So if you're looking for a lifestyle change this year and you wanna be surrounded by like-minded people on the same wave as you, and you wanna have access to regular Zooms with specialist Nutri-coaches, Zooms with myself, guest speakers such as Ollie Ollerton, if you wanna have regular fitness classes online and be part of amazing events on a monthly basis, then Food for Thoughts is for you. It's also for you if you feel like you're stuck in a rut, you're going around in circles, you feel unsupported, and you wanna make some changes, but you don't know where to turn. This is the perfect one-stop shop to get you started and moving in the right direction. For more information, head over to www.f4t.com and check out the website now. What would you say has been like one of the defining moments for you? Was it lockdown then? Yeah, lockdown when it comes to, yeah, people, knowing me as a person mm. because obviously young PT training celebrities blah, 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 it's stereotypical he loves himself yeah and then you start doing live workouts and people start understanding my personality right. and then you become a service to people yeah. then that's when things grow when you become a service to someone ah, okay. when you can offer them something yeah whereas if you're just a showcase of my workouts and you're working with brands doing those ads you don't become relatable mm. so you need to become relatable and showing on my personality during that lockdown period was an absolute game changer for me. Mm. So it's sad to say, but lockdown really helped me in my career. Mm. So, yeah. And do you like, do you genuinely want your clients to do well? It sounds like a stupid question, yeah, but I, I, the reason why I'm asking that question, because I yeah. want you to say it out loud, because I know that you do, because yeah. otherwise you wouldn't have got to where you are. No, 100%. I want all my clients to benefit from my philosophy. Mm. That's a buzz. For example, when a DJ plays a good tune and he sees everyone buzzing, mm. well, that's a buzz. That's mm. a dopamine rush. Mm. For me, my philosophy, making someone tra completely transform their mindset, their physique, that's my dopamine. Mm. Yeah, buzzing. Because that's my skill. Mm. So if someone can buzz from my skill, that's going to be happy. It's a priceless moment. But of course, yes, and it also brings financial freedom as well. So yeah. of course, that's a bonus. So talk to me about your philosophy. Sum it up for me. What is your philosophy? Like, like I said before, it's just it's just have a vision, set yourself a plan and take action. Believe in yourself, have the right people around you and go for it. You can always go back to your comfort zone. Ooh. I know I can always go back to Virgin Active, right? Yeah. Where I started yeah. and earn decent money. Yeah. But that's not enough for me. Yeah. So I'm going to push and push and push, knowing I can always go back there. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I like and it. And something I've learned is to live under your means as well. That's Ooh. something I've really learned recently to live under your means. Because when you're young and you're earning good money, you get sucked into this, that, and that. You go to Ibiza, you spend a stupid amount of tables mm. and stuff. I'm, I'm done that. I'm, I'm done now. Me, it's about living under my means, investing my money wisely. So when I'm older, when I'm 60, I can have my cigar and go, yeah. I'm sorted. The family's sorted, you know? It makes sense. You know, I just thought about it recently going, like, when you make more money, you automatically buy a bigger house or buy yeah. a, a, more, like a flashier car or but whatever you it is. But you suffer from stress. Exactly. More money, more problems. More money, more problems, yeah. isn't it? But you've just mentioned as well before about how during lockdown, people got to know the real you. And I've seen a bit of a glimpse of it more yeah. so than ever before, where you're showing that bit of a lad's mentality. Like, mm. And I think that to me now in this day and age is what people want to see. Yeah. You don't want to just see a robot who just lives yeah, and breathes, yeah. training and nah. eating yeah. like dried rice and broccoli yeah, yeah, every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to see someone yeah. who's basically, yes, in great shape like yourself, does all the cold yeah. water therapy stuff yeah, like, yeah, but then yeah. still goes out the weekend. Oh, of course. It's your 30th birthday. There's my 30th birthday. We had a big party and like, I got a great friendship group that we go to festivals. We go. We went to Bali recently. I go to, still go to Ibiza. That's a big part of me. I was a party boy when I was younger. Of course yeah. I was. But also being a young footballer, you are. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's part of the culture. And I still love a party. Um, I'm still single, 30 years of age and... Um, hopefully that changes soon. But in the meantime, I'm going to enjoy myself. Yeah. But it's that perfect balance between work hard. So what's your relationship like with alcohol then? So if you have a big, like you said on, on the yeah. um, Saturday, it was your 30th birthday. Yeah, I drank way too you, much, man. You had still a feeling it Yeah, so you had a big night. Like, how do you bounce back from that? Um, well, to be fair, mate, for me, when I drink, my cognitive function is all over the place. My focus mm. is all over the place. I get things done, but not at a level where I'm going to um, increase 
obviously my revenue. Ticking boxes, yeah. aren't you? I'm just ticking, uh, good, good, good. I'm not doing that at the level I can do it. Yeah. So I get frustrated with myself. I'm like, oh, again, another day where I can't be able to create content. I've created content. It's not the best. So I know that when I don't drink, boom, it, I just get that. I'm, I'm buzzing. Yes, Instagram's popping. Uh, more jobs are coming in. Uh, my clientele are really enjoying the content I'm creating for them on their online coaching. You're getting that buzz. Mm. So for me, I understand that. When I drink, I need to be disciplined when I drink. So mm. when I have a Guinness, I'll have two and I'll drink it nice and slowly. Mm. I'm not going to have six or seven. Mm. but then when I want to have a blowout with the boys I make sure it's something in the diary we look forward to it's just not Saturday night fucking that was a crazy one that's not for me ah. it has to be something in the diary like, okay so, that night is when I'm going to let myself go oh yeah so you prepare yourself if you know because I'm speaking to someone at the minute I'm doing this course where they're trying to train me out to basically take it or leave it right and they're saying like this guy who runs the course on mm. sobriety he says listen I drink but I know if I'm going to drink and have a big one, I'm going to be written off for seven days. Yeah. So I'm not saying I'm never going to do it, yeah. but I'm not going to do it often, am I? No. Because I'm aware of the yeah, situation. Yeah, of course, it is. And it just seems like you've got a really healthy kind of relationship. And you that. know you, yourself how, what alcohol does. Because yeah. what the, the people don't realise, alcohol affects your micro, microbiome. Mm. And your microbiome creates serotonin for your brain to be sharp, happy, mm. productive, positive, mm. optimistic. So if you're constantly drinking alcohol, you're getting no serotonin to the brain, mm. which means you're sluggish. Mm. You're feeling low. You don't believe in yourself. Mm. You're not motivated. And that's what people don't understand. Mm. People think when they drink alcohol, uh, it affects the brain cells, which it does. Mm. But it's more case that you're not getting any serotonin into your brain. And wow. I like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's mad. So it's all about your gut. If yeah. you have a good gut, you're going to have a good positive mindset. That makes sense. So people need to look after their gut. Uh, yeah, I've heard, I'm hearing so much more about that. Emily Nutritionist talked about it. Yeah, yeah. You were a big part of Emily Nutritionist's career, weren't you? Yeah, so M, M, I saw M around 2,000 followers. Yeah. And I was like, that girl's got potential. That girl's going to hit a million followers one day. That girl's going to be, she's, she's going like to smash it. I said, she has everything. She's stunning. She's intelligent. Again, she, she's believed in herself. You can mm. tell that. Uh, and she's relatable as well. Girls want to be her mm. and people will listen to her, you know? Mm. And I said, yeah, come on board. She, she was one of my nutritionists for Get It Done, my app. And within about three months, she goes, Brad, uh, what you pay me? I'm just about to earn that in uh, one post. And I said, Em, I knew that would be the case. Go, go and do your thing. Yeah, yeah. And she's absolutely smashed it. And we take regular communication. She lives literally around the corner. So we always see each other down the river. Yeah, so where I live is actually is like, you got you got my Gemma that lives in my building. You got Jess Hunt that lives around the corner. Wow. You got, you got in, the, in my area, where I live in Fulham on, on the river. Everyone's doing so well. And like I said earlier, it's all about your environment. Ah, okay. So even on my dog walk, I'm like, you're right, Em, how are you getting on? She <laughs> tells me what she's doing. I tell her what I'm doing. We both just motivated each other. Shit, I need to move into this place. So where, where is this? So do you understand? It's, it's all about your environment. <laughs> yeah, yeah? yeah. But now Emily, she, she's absolutely incredible. She smashed it. That's amazing. So you, you mentioned before that you're single, right? So on paper, you are the ultimate bachelor. I mean, you're even better looking in real life. Like, can we, can we talk about your outfit today? Where's your outfit from? Yep. So my top's from Noble. My jeans are from Reese and my shoes are from Bellstaff. Bellstaff and Reese. Um, yes. So today I am wearing super dry. Uh, I've got a nice little turtleneck on. Turtleneck season's still going. Yeah, we're still keeping, going. We're keeping it alive. And I've got some dark denim jeans as well. And you know what I love about these jeans? Yeah. Is that I've got dead long legs. I've got mm -hmm. like giraffe legs, right? But super dry, I've delivered because these fit me nicely. So nice. if, if anyone anyone tall out there, yeah. right? Super dry. I've got you covered. Yeah, they've got, you know what? The range is actually pretty sick. I've got a new coat as well that I arrived nice. in as well. So, but yeah, I'm competing with you today, man. I don't know how I'm going to do it. Nah, mate, you look good. Man. You, look good. <laughs> you look good. Talk to me about push. being like Bradley Simmons, right? In the dating world. Why have you not settled down? What's your longest relationship you ever had? Longest relationship was about two years during COVID. Right. And to be honest with you, mate, like, when you are around like sort of like John Terry, Jamie Rendap, and David Gandhi, they, they, they say to you, "Look, you're young. Don't, don't settle too quick." Mm. David Gandhi recently said to me, "Mate, focus on you. Do everything you want to do. Build your empire. And when you're financially secure and where you want to be, you'll be so much more relaxed to be able to bring someone into as an addition." Mm. And for me, I've always you know that that seems right. I've, well, I've had loads of girlfriends and amazing girlfriends, but they've always been a distraction, not bad distraction, a distraction. Mm. Um, because I'm a very generous person. When I'm with someone, I give them a lot of my energy, mm. probably, probably too much. Mm. So I seem to say, I'm, I'm, I'm babysitting someone. What am mm. I doing? That energy needs to go towards me while I'm a young lad. Mm. And when the time's right, which is probably now, hopefully I do meet someone. I know you're in a similar situation. Mm. I'm in a good place, mentally, financially, mm. good people around me. I can bring her in and she's going to be a good addition. Mm. So yeah, that's it. It's, I think there's no rush for us young men. Yeah, uh, do you know what though? It's, it's interesting you say that though because 
I've only finally got to this point now where I'm actually open for a relationship. Whereas before I was like you, I was like, and it makes sense because I'm five years older than you, which just absolutely kills me off. Um, but it's like, I used to think that having a missus or uh, a girlfriend would, yeah. would slow down my progression and my success. Well, what I've actually realized now is a lot of the most successful people, they have some serious, like, strong women around no, them. No, 100%. That can definitely work for, yeah. for some. But it's got to be the right one. It's got to be the right one. Yeah. yeah if, if you're bringing drama into my, my, yeah, exactly. into my space, I'm going to struggle. If you're bringing gossip, I don't want to gossip with anyone. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to gossip yeah. about anyone. That's yeah. not me. But no, look, I've, I've had some amazing girlfriends and they've all been part of my journey and I've learned so much. Do you know what I mean? Like, obviously, when I was young, I was a bit of a jack lad and maybe yeah, did yeah. a few things I should have done. That's all part of the journey. Yeah. But for me, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in good... I'm in, uh, I speak to all my ex-girlfriends. Yeah. Sometimes I ask them for advice, they ask me for advice. Amazing. And I think it's so important you get a female's perspective and a male's perspective. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, like hopefully, hopefully I meet someone soon. It'll I be think nice. what you mentioned there before is like they need to fuel your fire. They need to give you energy. You need to be support. Yeah, yeah I want than... someone ambitious as well. You know, yeah. I want someone that's smashing it. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see then. So we'll see. We'll put it out there to the universe. <laughs> yeah, both of us single. Yeah, dads. both of us. Who fancies a double date? <laughs> <laughs> that would be. I would say that'd be carnage. It wouldn't be carnage. Um, but honestly, Bradley, man, thank you so much Mate, for being on here, man. Thank you, you. You are. It makes sense why you are where you are after meeting you. Like, I think it's just that energy you give off. Like, I'd like to be trained by you because you're just, you're very self-assured. You know mm. your stuff. And, and I think you're all about the results as well. Not just for you, but for yeah, your clients as well. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think like you mentioned before about not working with someone unless they were serious about getting results. And I think yeah. you, you you know your value. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, you yeah, protect yeah. that. Yeah. And I think that's so important because the stronger you are, the better results you can get for your, 100%. For your clients as well. Yeah. But amazing, man. Thank you so much for being on here. Thank you very much. It's been a Legend. One thing that I'm constantly reminded of when I do these podcasts is the secret form that all successful people seem to have. They have that relentless self-belief and confidence and drive as well. And Bradley started off in the industry as a young 20-year-old, but he wasn't scared to go after it, go and knock on doors. And even when he sits in front of me right now, he just oozes that self-belief. And I think I always get inspired when I sit in front of these kind of people because... I doubt myself sometimes, I really do. But deep down, I know what I'm capable of. And if you're listening to this right now and you're having those little doubting moments, try and just back yourself. Like, believe in yourself no matter what because that is what got Bradley to where he is now. And I'm feeling inspired today, so I hope you are too. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Again, it's been an amazing day in the studio and I'm just really grateful for all your takeaways from the podcast. I see you all DMing me all the time, dropping me messages, sharing the pod. It means so much. Make sure you contact me at scott.thomas on Instagram with any of your takeaways and let's keep this moving. I will be back next week with another phenomenal guest and a life lesson with learning as I go. This podcast was produced by Purposeful Podcasts.